The book of Acts tells the story of Philip and the Ethiopian. Actually, it's modern-day Sudan where this guy was from. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So we started out. And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Kandaki, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of the scripture that Enoch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life? was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariots. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but he went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all towns until he reached Caesarea. God always blessed the reading of God's holy word. Come Holy Spirit, speak as only you can. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God's been working in Africa for a while, and I think the ministry that Charles is doing now, you could say, is a relative of what Philip did. It's connected. It's the same continent. Philip, in the eighth chapter of Acts, talking to the Ethiopian now from what is now Sudan, and look what happened. Well, how do we get up to that point? Well, it's actually been going pretty bad for the church at this point in the book of Acts. The church is on the run. Churches being persecuted. In the previous chapter, a prominent Christian leader named Stephen is killed for his faith. Persecution breaks out. Church scatters. Things look grim. But the ministry of Jesus continues to spread and live on in his people. And after all this pain, losing Stephen, being scattered, having Saul, who would become Paul, but not yet lash out at the church. We don't suddenly get taken into a war room for the church's leadership as it plots a seven-point plan to respond. Imagine, rather than the camera lensing this, panning to some superhero Marvel movie meeting or the Jedi Council to figure all this out, what we zoom to is an encounter between two guys. It all starts with an angelic nudge. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south. God's master plan is found in these holy nudges. When we face a woe, God says, go. Moments when we hear a voice or feel a nudge, it can happen. Maybe it's happened to you. It's happened to me. It can be the Holy Spirit. It can be an angel. But God is able 
to direct us. Notice Philip gets direction. The Greek for go south, go toward the south, could also mean go at about noon. So it could be a physical direction. It could mean time here. But it's like saying, hey, get over to the Starbucks by the Walgreens. Or head down to the ferry dock, Makotio ferry dock at noon. Anyway, he goes, verse 27. He meets this Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the, of the Kandaki, Queen Candace of Ethiopia. Scholar I. Howard Marshall says that this guy who Philip meets is kind of a big deal. He was employed in court service to the Queen Mother, known as Candace, who ran the country. The term eunuch could mean the physical reality of being a eunuch, or it could also mean court official, or it could mean both. Interesting guy, an ancestor of, of the regional, the Uganda is a different place in the Sudan, but it's an ancestor of the folks that are similar to regional um, ancestor of the folks Charles is working with now. Philip had a rendezvous with him, set up by God. God has a rendezvous for all of us with fellow travelers in a diverse world. These travelers we encounter are always reading something. Maybe we find them reading a literal Bible, like in this text. Maybe they're chewing on some theology. When I was sitting in a Starbucks in the U District back in the late 90s, doing some kind of a Bible study or prayer group, I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I see out of the corner of my eye this Starbucks wrapper, someone had written on it, what is grace? <laughs> so they wanted to engage me on that. That was what was on their mind. And it just showed up. Maybe that's happened to you. Maybe it's directly spiritual. Or maybe they're just going to be in process. These fellow travelers we meet are just going to be in some place of process, trying to read an experience, trying to read something in their life, and trying to find the truth in it. When we're nudgeable, when we're reachable by the Spirit, we'll be prompted toward people whom we're going to find reading something. It all happens very quickly between Philip and this guy. Now, it doesn't always happen this quickly. But even as this is fairly quickly, notice it's still a process here. The Spirit tells Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Notice the spiritual direction, the Holy Spirit, is simply for Philip to go and stand near the guy. Go to the person. Go sit at that lunch table on break. Walk past your neighbor's porch. See, how does the Holy Spirit work when the early church is in crisis? When the going gets tough? It's not a retreat. But nor is it a strike back. It's a go and stand near. Go and be near. The most natural option when we get hit is to withdraw or to maybe hit back in some way, trying to win the culture wars or whatever. There's a place for cultural engagement, but certainly. But what we learn from Philip and the Spirit's work in him is sometimes God just calls us to go and stand near. Go be with people. Then Philip ran. So Philip runs. He's all in. He runs to be near. And then he hears what's going on. Sometimes we can come rushing into a situation so focused on showing up and bringing our agenda that we won't even take a moment to look at what's happening. 
Philip doesn't come rushing in with a word. He first listens for the words. What does a church in crisis do in the first century? It responds to the Holy Spirit's call to walk down the street, go stand near somebody, and listen for words. (laughs) Who has God nudged you to stand near to recently? And what have you heard? In Philip's case, after he runs up to the guy, he hears the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And when he hears this, Philip doesn't start preaching. He asks the guy a question. So again, this is the model for a church in crisis. The Holy Spirit nudges us to go down the street, stand near somebody, see what you hear, and then ask a question. That's how the church operates. That's the lensing of a church's response to crisis. Go and be with and be present to people around you. And the spirit, it turns out, has teed this whole thing up. The spirit leads Philip to ask, do you understand what you're reading? And the man says, how can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Come sit in my chariot. And now, only after this steps of obedience, these multiple steps of obedience, Philip now sees the big picture of what's going on. All of this happens in a compressed time, almost like a, a, a little television episode of a sitcom, right? Everything's shrunk in and compressed. Sometimes it's that way. Sometimes these things will happen in a couple minutes. Sometimes it can take days or weeks or months or years to make those steps to where you first move with the Lord. Okay, I'm going to go down the street. I'm going to walk near somebody. Oh, I'm going to hear what they're saying. Oh, I'm going to ask them a question. And then they're going to invite me in. That's a process. We might have to spend four, six, ten hours having lunchtime with somebody at the cafeteria before we really hear what God wants us to hear going on with them. Or we might have to have a bunch of visits with someone on their front porch before we can discern what they're reading in whatever way, no matter how long it takes. We got angels. We got the Holy Spirit. We got the people of God. We have God's word. All this is how God guides us. God is able. He wants you to listen in on what he's already doing. Turns out, God wants to be found. (laughs) God wants to be known. God wants everybody. God is all-inclusive. God's inclusive heart shines, blazes through this text. And in the midst of chaos and crisis in the early church, It is so important that we lens this down and recognize how much God loves and puts a premium on individual connections. This Philip Philip and the Ethiopian encounter was where the action was. Not in the war room. Not that we can't make plans, sure. But remember, the core of all of this is an encounter between people that the Spirit facilitates in how he works here. When the time is right and the spirit moves, we get the invitation. 
a door, a window will open, sometimes just a wee crack, sometimes wider than we could have ever imagined. In this case, Philip encounters somebody already reading about Jesus. He just doesn't know it. The eunuch asks Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip shares about Jesus Christ, tells him the good news. Philip, having heard where this man is at, starts there. And there's people we'll encounter that have had an experience with the church, good or bad, and maybe had an experience with the Bible, good or bad. And sometimes that's an entry place to start. Sometimes it's a great movie that they saw that made them think about redemptive purposes. Sometimes it's a, a great movie that makes them think about struggles or pain. Sometimes it's a loss in their life. Sometimes it's a struggle with loneliness in their life or a big decision. Whatever they're reading, everybody's reading something. Maybe just a sunset. Or maybe a hardship on the job. But the Spirit will nudge us to stand next to people and to really hear. And we never forget that, as we see in our text, the value in the midst of chaos and craziness and a church underfoot and getting beat up on, the Holy Spirit takes Philip to a person who God loves. And makes the connection. It starts with standing next to people, really hearing people, perceiving where the Holy Spirit has teed up a shot for the good news of God's grace and for the power of Jesus to come in. Where is what they're reading or feeling or experiencing pointing them to Jesus in some way? God, who is good and is faithful, will lead you there. In time, Maybe quickly, maybe over the long haul. But he is faithful. He wants to be known. May it be so for me and for you. And all God's people said, amen, amen.